Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. And Phil is going to come and speak to us this morning. So we're going to pray for Phil. So Lord, we just pray for Phil, pray your blessing on him. Pray that you would speak your words to us this morning, Lord Jesus. Give us ears to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Ooh, that's why we're here. Well, it's very weird again to be preaching to a virtually empty room. It echoes a lot, and uh, you kind of feel a bit odd. So, <clears throat> we have this nice new lecture, but I'm not going to be the one that uses it. Thank you very much. Let's put that out of the way a bit. Um, so this morning, I want to just pick up uh, where we've been in uh, Colossians, but I'm going to skip a little bit, so I'm, I'm going to go into Colossians 4. But just as a way of introduction to what I want to say this morning is that um, I'm going to speak on something that I've spoken many times over the years, um, which is prayer. Now, I don't think I've got anything particularly new to say about prayer. I haven't got any sudden massive revelation about prayer to share with you that's going to change dramatically your prayer life, that's going to be such a, a revelation for you too, that's going to give you such a passion for getting before God in prayer. I think that can only come from God himself. So that is my prayer really, as I've been preparing this this week, is actually that out of what I say, there'll be things that touch you this morning that actually stir you to pray in fresh ways, with fresh expectation, fresh faith, and to believe and trust God for uh, answers to prayer, actually, uh, that you've perhaps not seen before. So prayer is an immense privilege that we have as the people of God, an opportunity to talk with God, to talk with God our Father. We have the privilege of being able to communicate with him through prayer. God gave it to us. And whether that's whether we do that internally from within ourselves, we can talk to God, or whether we verbalize that, openly speak to God, then it doesn't really matter. We can communicate with God. We can express ourselves to God. But very often I think we do that by actually coming with our shopping list to God maybe, We've got a list of things we want to pray. We want from God. We want God to do this. We want God to change that. And I know we're all praying that coronavirus will just disappear, that we won't have any of that anymore. Um, it'd be great, but that's not where it's at. And I'm not sure God will even do that. I think God will use this for good. So I think we've just got to be careful about how we approach God, how we come to God the Father, because he's not some supermarket where we turn up with our shopping list, and I want that off that shop, I want that off that shop, I want that from there, and I'll have 10% discount at the end, please. It doesn't work like that with God. And so, um, I want to encourage us a bit, perhaps, to just think of prayer slightly differently this morning. And the thing, good thing is that actually no one can stop us praying, only us. Actually, it's with us. If we lived in a society where religion was banned of any form, where we were told to be silent, we couldn't express our faith to God or to one another in any way, would that be the thing that would stop us speaking to God? No. 
We can do that internally. We can do that in private places where nobody else can hear us. Anything. Actually, the only thing that can stop us is us. You yourself are a hindrance to your prayer life. And actually, you can change that. And I want to stir faith that you can actually change your prayer life. So, just a few questions. Think about them. What's your prayer life like? So, do you pray often? Or not at all? Do you pray very briefly with your shopping list? I'll go through, I've got five items on my list today. I'll get through them quickly and I can go with the rest of my life. Um, do you actually have any prayer times, any prayer meetings where you actually meet with God, where you choose to spend time and, and meet with God and draw near to God and actually encounter Him um, and not only speak to God but allow time for Him to speak to you too? And that's very difficult to do sometimes because when you're sat in a quiet room and you speak to God, then it's just silence. Your mind goes all over the place. You're not necessarily still thinking and focusing your attention on God as you pray. Or you may be thinking on the things or the next thing you want to add to your list. Maybe you're thinking about, oh, I need to do that and there's that to do. All these things can crowd into our minds and take our attention away. And like I say, I've, I've said this many times before, I, I walk. It's one of the things that helps me. Um, I just find time, sometimes I'm in the car, put worship on, it helps me just to try and hear from God. Find ways in which actually it's not a one-way conversation. Because God's not a one-way God. He wants interaction with us. He wants to speak to us. And he wants t- to draw near to us. So how much time do you spend praying if you do pray. You say, yeah, yeah, I've got a prayer life. It's kind of five minutes while I have my breakfast and my cup of tea in the morning before I go out to work or school or wherever it might be. I mean, these days, I guess teenagers don't even get time for breakfast. They go out of bed and straight on the bus or whatever it is for school. They don't even have breakfast. <coughs> I was actually, um, yeah, I was, I went down, I called in on my way to work to get some milk for the office. Uh, I was going in there one day and there was a queue of about three te- teenagers in front of me, all going to the pastry counter to get their breakfast to eat on the bus on the way to school. So kind of straight out the door, not had anything, want something, trying to pick something up on the way to school. Is that your kind of your life? You've got no time. You don't make time. You kind of don't have opportunity where you spend time with God praying, where you come to him and draw near to him. These are challenging questions maybe. And actually you might just want to dismiss that and think actually it's not really that important. But actually, it is for our personal walk with God. It is important for our continued growth and knowing God and and actually our walk with him and knowing who he is and knowing more about who we are. Prayer is very key. And we can so easily wash over it. So let's see what Paul says then in Colossians chapter 4. I'm reading uh, from the New Living Translation 2 to 4. I don't think we can get them on the screen. I'm sorry about that. So uh, technology again. Maybe one day we'll just go back to acetate screen and just put them on the wall. Who knows? Seems we can go back two years in one day. Uh, Maybe we can uh, go back 20 years with the technology. Who knows? Anyway, this is what it says. This is Paul writing to the Colossian church. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us opportunities to speak about his, mystery, his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. 
Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So Paul's first part of the instruction is, devote yourselves to prayer. This is an encouragement, and this is very much part of what the early church was. It was a community of believers who actually devoted themselves to prayer. And Paul's wanting to encourage that on further and encourage them to continue to devote themselves to prayer with an alert mind, not to do some wishy-washy thing, not to come with just a, a shopping list, not to come with just simple things sometimes that we can just, oh, I need to just pray about this, I need to pray about that, but actually come with an alert mind, in tune, that is. Setting your mind to be in line with the mind of Christ as you pray. And coming from a thankful heart. So often we can come, and I've done this for a lot of time in my prayer life, I come from a disgruntled heart. I'm angry with God, or I'm angry with someone else, or I'm angry about a situation or circumstance, or I'm frustrated with something. The elders are aware sometimes of my frustration in our meetings. I make it known when we have meetings, I say, I'm frustrated about this. And they know about it, and I kind of tell God, I'm frustrated about this, and God knows about it too. And I do get frustrated things, but actually... I come to God, I've got to come from a thankful place, not that frustrated place, and then bring the things to God from that thankful place. And then he goes on to pray for us, and I want to come back to that bit, but just thinking about what the early church was like, what that looked like when they prayed. So if we go to Acts chapter 2, the early church prayed. They knew how to devote themselves. And it says this in 242. And 43, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching, fellowship, to meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs. I think there's a bit of a key to prayer and the miraculous. There's a bit of a connection between awe coming over the people and devoting themselves to prayer doesn't just happen. God just doesn't always sovereignly just do things without the people of God praying. There's a clear link. And I'm not surprised that they saw miraculous signs and wonders because of how they devoted themselves. And I've been pressing into God to see the miraculous signs and wonders. And I've seen some things, but I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen half of what God wants to do by any means let alone all of it. God wants to move, but it actually comes from a people who are willing to pray and devote themselves to prayer. But also, just looking at those four elements there, teaching, fellowship, meals, and prayer, kind of seems a bit of a good model for group life. Actually, that's how the people of God were. The early church devoted themselves to those four things. Why shouldn't we today, in 21st century church, to devote ourselves. God's the same. The kingdom of God's the same. Always advancing. It's good for us to devote ourselves to these things. Good for us to use that model for our own life and our own lives together as, as a church, as people of God together. Good model to use. And we're doing it through group life. And uh, I would have to say maybe it's not always devoted. Maybe sometimes it's kind of easier to have a night off Think, oh, well, we could have a night off tonight. It'd be nice. I can just uh, don't have to bother coming in because I'm a bit tired. I've had a busy week. It's a bit hard. Actually, I'll just have a night off tonight. 
Actually, no, they devoted themselves. They gave themselves. And what does it mean then to be devoted? What does it mean for us? So looking at the dictionary, devoted says to give all or most of one's time or resource to a person or an activity. To devote most of or all of oneself. Devoted to prayer then is it's not just a short slot we have sometime in our day or our week even. Or we just do on a Sunday morning. It's not that we... Devoted isn't about that we're devoted to being a Christian on a Sunday. And actually the rest of the week we just do our own thing and we come on a Sunday. Yep, Sunday again. I'll read my Bible today. I'll pray today. I'll go to church. I'll worship God. I'll hear the word. Until next week, that's it. It's not what devoted is. If someone was to devote themselves to their uh, career, they give everything to it. They work all hours. They study, they research, they get qualified, they move on, they, they devote themselves to that. And we've seen such devotion even now, is this pandemic, a devotion of, of our medical staff who have devoted themselves, giving hours, working extra shifts and on. They're devoted. How much more then should we be devoted to Jesus and devoted to prayer? and to fellowship, and to teaching, and to sharing food together. It's really important. For many years, I'd heard a phrase around that we should pray because prayer changes things. Well, I have a bit of a problem with that, to be honest, because I think it depends who you're praying to. So I don't think prayer in itself changes anything. But the person you pray to may. So I heard this story, I was talking with somebody, and this lady had lost her mum, and she said to me, well, I pray to my mum every day, my dead mum every day. I'm thinking, well, I don't think you're going to get many answers, if any. Because actually, your dead mum is not going to be able to help you. Actually, it's who, do, who are you praying to that really matters. So, yeah, I agree to a degree that prayer will change things, and you pray to the right person. When you focus your attention, when you're giving your devotion to the right one to Jesus and as we do that so actually it's really important that we give ourselves to the right person we devote to Jesus and actually if we devote ourselves first and foremost to Jesus actually prayer should follow it's not that we choose to devote ourselves to prayer without devoting ourselves to Jesus actually if we devote ourselves to Jesus we're given over to him we're worshipping him, we're giving everything that we are, all of our life, every area, and we devote that to Jesus, then actually prayer will be an automatic response. Because if we're devoted to him, we want to talk to him. We want to hear him, we want to listen to what he's got to say. If we're devoted to him, we'll, we'll study the word that we might know him more and understand him more. And that will also fuel our praying and our prayer life. There was a time when I used to attend prayer meetings, and I didn't actually ever pray, I think. I went along to meetings, and I sat there in the corner, and I thought, well, this is all very nice, and I'm here, and I'm doing the dutiful thing. I'm at the prayer meeting. And actually, it didn't do anything, and God challenged me one day. He said, why do you come? What do you come for? Are you just filling your time up? Looking to be a good Christian, because you attend the prayer meeting? And I had to say, yeah, it probably was true of me. When God challenged me, changed me, actually I started to understand and learn to pray. And actually, I love to pray. 
I kind of got this thought and I wondered how many people actually knew how many prayer meetings we had in this church. We don't have many. We don't have enough, I would say. And again, that's one of the frustrations, I think, of mine. Is Perhaps we need to pray more. Perhaps we need more prayer meetings. Um, I don't know if you know how many we have. We only have two a week, actually. We have 90, 15 to 9.45 on a Sunday morning. And I know that's tough for you to get out of bed for. Isn't it, Hannah? It's tough. <laughs> and it's tough sometimes. And then Friday morning, and I know this one is more tough because of work, commitments, and so on, but we meet 8 till 9 on a Friday. We don't ask a lot. I mean, we pray in groups. I hope you pray in groups. But actually, I would always argue you can never do too much praying. No matter how many prayer meetings we had a week, if we prayed 24-7 every week for a whole year, it would never be enough. Prayer. You can't have too much praying. So we've got to get, find what works, I guess, in our lives. But actually, every moment, every day, you have an opportunity to talk to the Father. Whether it's from within yourself or out verbally. The other week, me and Neil went for a walk. We did a prayer walk across from Bealey across to Chatsworth to the hunting tower and came back and it was a beautiful sunny day like it is today. It was cold as well, which was really nice. But opportunity just to pray. And you realise as you're walking and you're praying and you're kind of talking, you want to make it look like you're talking to one another and not to God. Because there's all the people coming who kind of know you're not Christian or they don't know whether you're Christian or not. You know they, they're probably not Christian. So they kind of look at you thinking, who are they talking to? They're a bit weird, what they're talking about. It's a bit weird. So you're kind of just a bit more conscious when you're doing that. But it was great just to walk and pray and meet with God. Whatever it takes, however it works for you, I want to encourage you to do it. Prayer is really important for the believer's life. And let's just open that up a bit more. I want to go to James chapter 5 verse 16. What he says about prayer. It says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results well there's something great isn't there but it starts with a bit of having to give ourselves away it starts with making ourselves vulnerable so it says confess your sins to each other when did you last do that when did you last confess to somebody your sin when did you make yourself accountable to somebody over the things that you struggle with over the areas of your life that you are vulnerable in and I see a number of guys and we share together and it's one of the things that I particularly am keen on is that we, we each make ourselves vulnerable to one another. We share life. We share our weaknesses. We share the things that we struggle with, the areas of vulnerability in our own lives and make that a foundation of what we do together. And we pray for one another. When did you last do that? When did you last confess your sin to another? It's really important. And they says, pray for one another, you might be healed. Actually, there's, there's a link maybe even between confession and healing. Maybe you're not getting your healing that you're looking for because you're not confessing something. You're holding back, you're not confessing to one another. There could be something in that for you. Maybe something that you think, if anybody found that anything out that about me, I'd be devastated, it'd be awful if somebody knew that about me. And that could be true. You might feel that, but if we are genuinely love one another, care for one another, we devote it, actually, and we do it in a safe place to devote ourselves, to confess our sin to one another, 
is really important. Healing will come through that. And, the, and we need to do that because actually the only way that we're made righteous is that when we confess our sin. So again, Paul wrote, he says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we're cleansed from all unrighteousness, we're cleansed from that actually, then our prayer becomes a prayer of a righteous man. And it says the prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wondrous results. So if you want some results to your praying, and some things you may have prayed about for years and not seen results for, maybe there's something else that needs to happen that you've not thought about, that you've not been honest with God about, that you've not been honest with one another about. And you need to come and confess. You need to pray for you, and you need to be made righteous and fresh. Dealt with things. Actually, your prayers might be answered. Results will come because the prayers come then from a righteous place, a righteous heart. So in this verse we find confession, accountability, healing, and effective praying. All in this one verse. Do you see effective answers to prayer in your life? Are you seeing God answer the things that you have been praying for for a long time? You've been seeking God for? I want to say, if not, maybe you need to look at this verse. Maybe you need to spend time with James and just look at what he has to say and allow God to speak to you through that in your life. For me personally, I think our prayer meetings are the best meetings of the week. I love our prayer meetings. I love just getting together. We worship, we encounter God, we pray, and God speaks. And it's just brilliant. I just love our times together praying. I'll say that um, I know Marion gets a little bit cross when it gets just after 9 o'clock, I say, well, our time's gone. It's gone 9 o'clock on a Friday morning. We need to kind of finish there. And I know, and I'd love to carry on, but there are other things to do. People have got jobs to do. Steve started joining us now on a Friday morning. We're paying him to come to the prayer meeting, it seems, um, from half eight, half 8 till 9, and then he goes off and has to work. And, um, but it is, we have things in life we've got to do, but we can still make time for God. We can still make time to pray and get before God. And it's important that we do. Just coming back to the verse in Colossians 4, it's interesting here though, Paul is encouraging us to devote ourselves to prayer and when he asks for prayer, he's not asking anything for himself personally. Now Paul's writing this from prison. Now prisons in those days are probably just dark holes in the ground and he's in chains in a dark hole and he's not asking for anything for himself other than that I may proclaim the gospel. That I may proclaim the glorious mystery of Christ. That's all he's asking for. Pray for him for that. He's not praying for his release from prison. He's not praying that uh, uh, God will just make everything wonderful in his life. Actually, he's just praying, no, I want the gospel. He's in, he's in chains for the sake of the gospel. He's been put in prison because he preaches the gospel. And yet he's always asking, "Is I want to keep doing that because I'm devoted to Jesus and I want to keep proclaiming the gospel. I want to keep speaking it out. I want to keep saying to people that the gospel of Jesus, because he knows the power of God unto salvation is when they hear the gospel. He knows people will be saved when they hear the gospel. So his concern is not for himself, but it's for the advance of the kingdom. It's that, that people might hear the good news of Jesus. So when did you last pray that kind of prayer? When did you pray that for your neighbour? 
When did you pray that for your friends or your family members that don't know Jesus? When did you last pray that they may hear the gospel? It may not be you that does it, but when did you pray that the gospel might be proclaimed that they may hear it? I have to say sometimes with family members or close people, it's sometimes it's better if it's somebody else, it seems. Because they just say, well, I know you're a Christian. I know you, you, you kind of just want to tell me about Jesus anyway. But sometimes from left field, someone comes in, speaks something. And it's almost like, why didn't you tell me? And kind of, well, I have been telling you all this time, but you just didn't hear it from me. You heard it somewhere else. But actually, when did you last pray for your neighbours where you live, your community? The sphere of influence that you have, your workplace, your school, your college, wherever it might be, when did you last pray that they may, that you might and others might pro- boldly proclaim the gospel? It's one thing we pray on a Friday is that we pray for the advance of the kingdom. We pray for the gospel to go out. We pray that people would be saved. Although we never find Paul actually ever praying that. He never prays for individuals to be saved. He just prays that the gospel will be proclaimed because he knows when they hear it, they will believe and they will be saved. So we need to pray that. It needs to be part of our prayer life is we pray that people might hear the good news of Jesus. That we might proclaim We proclaim it boldly. But it comes out of that devotion to him. Knowing Jesus. So how can you apply all this to your life? Well, first of all, identify what are the hindrances to your prayer life. What's getting in the way of you spending time with Jesus? What's getting in the way of you spending more time with him if you already do take time? Are you distracted by things of life? Are you distracted by other stuff going on? Are you so caught up being devoted to other things? Identify the hindrances in your prayer life. Identify what is it the things that really concern you? Are you concerned for the lost? Are you concerned for your brothers and sisters that they may fully experience the healing touch of God, the power of God in their life by being open and honest with one another? What are the concerns that you have? What are the things that are on your list to pray about, your shopping list? Is it just your own needs, your own wants, your own desire? Is it that of others and for the advance of his kingdom? Are you concerned about God's kingdom and his advance? And how often do you pray? How often? Is it not in your diary? Is it not in your, even in your thinking? Or do you just call, put God in a box? Have him in his like, little pigeonhole. This is God's bit. The rest of the time is mine. This is just the bit God gets. Do you confess your sin to one another? Do you pray for one another that you might be healed? And ultimately, are you aware of how powerful our prayer to God really is? Have you experienced that? Have you encountered amazing answers to prayer? Have you seen God move in that way? Or is it just something you've heard about? You've not experienced it for yourself? Or is it an invitation? An invitation to devote yourself to prayer, to devote yourself to coming to God and exploring a prayer life with him. And how exciting that could be. And what a blessing it could be for you. Church in the West has become very consumerism. And even today, I guess, if you're online watching this, you're almost consuming church. And I even wonder how many people have, that were on at the start of my talk are still on at the end of it. 
because we're consuming church life. We're consuming something rather than we're actively involved. See, this is something we can't do for you. As elders, we can teach, we can train you, we can model something to you, but we can't do it for you. So something you've got to do for yourself. Your prayer life is your prayer life. And you've got to develop that. You've got to grow that. You've got to work at that. It's not something that can be done for you. You can't consume a prayer life. You have to actively engage with God in prayer. It's yours to develop and to nurture. Nobody else's. But I tell this, God loves it. God loves it when you come and you draw near. God loves it when you choose to spend time with him. God loves it when you come and you share your heart, not just your wants, not just your desires, not just your shopping list, but actually your heart, your passion within your heart. When you come and you share with God, he loves it, and he will respond to that. He will come and draw near to you. He will come and speak to you. He will come and stir your heart for other things as well. He just loves it. He loves hearts that are open to him, and time spent with him, he just loves So I'm going to end with this. What have you prayed for recently? doesn't matter how big or small that may be. And what have you seen God answer? See, I think God's just given us an opportunity to explore him through prayer in a fresh way. So if nothing, no great revelation I've got for you today particularly, I just want to draw you back and say, let's come. Let's learn what it is to focus our attention on Jesus and to have a relationship with him through prayer, the very vehicle that he's given us that we can build and develop that relationship. So I'm going to pray for us as we finish. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. There's always an open invitation to come and talk to you and spend time with you and hear from you. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray for everyone Lord, whether their prayer life was good ones and has kind of grown a bit stale and they've kind of not got time for it anymore or whether, Lord, they're just beginning to develop, Lord, or don't even have one at all. Lord, I want to pray you just stir our hearts afresh with what it is to come and spend time with you, to be devoted, to give most of all of our time to devoting ourselves to Jesus and to communicating with you through prayer. Lord, I pray for every one of us right now. Lord, would you come and stir our hearts afresh with a fresh desire to spend time with you, to love you, to fellowship with you, to hear your voice and to share our hearts with you, I pray. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Stir every one of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.